I'm going to be honest. I don't know where our listeners, where they're getting their statistics from. Because these stats don't make sense. Let's hear it. Well, we're going we're gonna to do the episode first, and then we're going to talk about the stats. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the morning. This is your boy, Ben. And Pat is back as well. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, this is episode 27, I think. Episode 27. We're going to go with 27. We're in the 27 Club at this point. Come a long way, man. We started in, what, October 2020, I think? Yeah, we're almost a year into this shit, man. No, we're not. We're not close to a year. This is April. Dude, it's going to be. It's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up quick. I think so. Anyways, we got a big episode today. I've, I've done a lot of work on this one. Yeah? Most of my work done within the last hour or two. <laughs> I did not. It's been a very busy week. Yeah, it's been a very busy week for me too. So I ha- I didn't I didn't do as much with this one. Sure, but despite the fact that it was, this is your episode. I mean, <laughs> anyways, yeah. so before we get started, we hit a we hit a milestone this week. We did, didn't we? We cleared a thousand listens. Guess where we're at right now? Where are we at? We've got one thousand and fifty one plays. Nice. At one point, and the number has been going down this week every day. But at one point, we had over twenty unique listeners hitting the show within the last seven days. Okay. Now, we're down to nine, but <laughs> at one point this week, we had 20 active listeners. Well, that makes like sense. Like, 20 unique devices were hitting the show. But well, that makes sense. Sunday, we had 42 listens. I didn't listen to the show on Sunday, so huh. I don't know. It was a big drop. Well, they it makes sense that it would drop throughout the week and then would pick up in the beginning of the week when we released the episode. I guess. You, you're the one doing the editing, so you've been really consistent on getting it out in the, trying begin- to get it out, in the beginning yeah. of each week. Trying to get it out every Monday. Now, we only had 18 hits on that episode all week. So we were getting hits on the earlier shit. We got hits on mm-hmm. almost every single episode early on. No shit. So somebody went back and listened to them all. And it wasn't me. So <laughs> That's crazy. We got That's some awesome. hits. Anyways, we picked up 70, almost 70 listens, over 70 listens probably since last week. I can't remember what the number we had last That's week. That's awesome. But That's so awesome. So we're doing good. We still haven't marketed it yet. So somehow, some way, the word is getting out. <laughs> Dude, this is great. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Anyways, uh, what kind of news you got today? Real quick, before I get into the news, I just wanted to talk about something really quick. Okay. Right before you walked in, I was watching a little uh, NFL Facebook video. Sure. You know, like little highlight videos that, that are around there, you know? Yes. And it was a Terrell Pryor one. Okay, yes. It is pretty incredible what he did. What did he do? Well, in 2013, he was a nine-game starter. With the Raiders. With the Raiders as yes. a quarterback. In 2016, he's a 1,000-yard receiver. With the, with the with Browns. The, with the Browns. That's something that's very hard to do in the NFL. To make the transition while you're in the NFL. While you're in the league. That's very difficult to do. Now, did you know that Terrell Pryor was Al Davis's last pick as the Raiders owner slash general manager? No shit. Do you know who Al Davis was? Uh-uh. He was a, he was a big-time owner of the NFL. Interesting guy. Kind of. My mom, my mother would call him a sleazebag. But he was an interesting guy least and he was the owner and general manager of the Raiders for a very long time I think he died shortly thereafter drafting trail prior but he drafted speed Mm -hmm. that's all he drafted and his motto was just win baby but I was watching some of those highlights and I was like he actually wasn't that was he really that bad of a quarterback not really he he was he was pretty good the league didn't know what to do with him he could that's a guy that if he was in the right situation the entire time
time would have yeah. been a Hall of Fame player. If he would without a doubt. If he would have had a good coach, a good team around him. If he would have had a good quarterback when he was a wide receiver. Yeah. No, definitely. He had a he had a thousand yards with Cody Kessler throwing the ball to him. Yeah. Tremendous athlete, and he's a perfect example of a terrible situation creating. Yeah. A player that is going to be forgotten at the end of the day, even though if you were an Ohio State fan, you knew him. He was big deal. Yeah. He was a big deal as a high schooler. I remember when he was a prospect. My dad was talking about. He him was before. like the number two in the country, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was he was so, he was so big. There was it was such a big deal. He was such a big deal as a kid. Right. He was almost. I'm not going to say he was like LeBron because nobody has been like LeBron in our generation. Right. But he was right there. Like my father was talking about this guy as a high schooler. Did, did you know that my Did I ever tell you my grandpa and my uncle met Trail Pryor? Really in, in Fort Myers? You no, know, I think I heard this. Yes, I think I heard this story. Uh, him and a lineman were like vacationing there. They were walking up the beach. No and, shit. And they walked right in front of my uncle's beach house. I'm pretty sure they like talked and shit, and he had signed autograph, all that shit. That's crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? But again, he's just one of those guys. If the league had evolved the way that he played, he would have been a Hall of Famer. No, no doubt. Because he was a freaky athlete, and we saw him in, even with the Browns, they went, I, don't, I can't remember, did they win a game that year, or was that, no, that was their 1-15 in 15 season. Yeah. Where he, he caught a 1,000 yards, and he was the offense. Yeah, he was great. I like how they utilized him at the quarterback position sometimes, too. And they worked him in, and I remember that one game me and Josh watched against the Dolphins where they should have won that, that game. That was a good game. I remember that They should have won that game, but they utilized him at quarterback. Yep. Uh, he was he was carrying the ball he was throwing the ball he was catching the ball he was just he was an all-around guy but i don't know and, and the last thing i heard about him was this there was some issue in pittsburgh where he he got stabbed yeah his girlfriend stabbed him or something yeah I and he went to the hospital and then he didn't die like they we thought he was gonna die for a second i wonder if he's ever gonna come back he's not he's in his 30s by now yeah that sucks it man. sucks it's <laughs> it's such a bizarre story it we can really do we is. can do a whole episode at Terrell prior <laughs> we're gonna work that in, I think. We have to. <laughs> Anyways, what kind of news you got today? Do you have All any right. news stories? How I many do you got? I have two news stories. Okay, I've got three. Okay, I'm excited. So, you want to start off or do you want okay, me to Okay, I'll off? start off with one. So, my first one I'm going to talk about Alcoholic monkey gets life sentence in India after attacking 250 pedestrians. Damn. Okay, so according to the article, the primate killed one man. Killed one man. I'm telling you, man, these monkeys. After Boosh dried up, <laughs> will spend rest of life in zoo prison. Now, this one caught my attention for a number of reasons. Most okay, notably, okay. because we talked about the Makiki, which we yeah. haven't we haven't had a solution of that yet. The pronunciation of that, right? But uh, I got this one from the TaiwanNews.com.tw. Apparently, the six-year-old monkey, who's named Kalua, which I guess fits for an alcoholic monkey, <laughs> had been attacking people at random in the Merz. Zapper district of India. Some victims even needed plastic surgery to repair the injuries that were sustained by this alcoholic monkey. This is insane. <laughs> Apparently, the monkey was previously owned by an occultist. Oh my god! Which we could just—you don't know what the hell that means, but right, it's somebody who's crazy, basically. Anybody could be an occultist uh, who was supplying the monkey with liquor for years and turned him into an alcoholic. Apparently, the occultist died three years ago, and the monkey hasn't been able to secure booze since then, and has just gone on a three-year rampage <laughs> and has attacked up to 250 people wow he's in solitary confinement now they were gonna put 
coat him with another monkey, but he kept attacking the other monkeys that he was stored with. He also attacks every female zookeeper that's in the area. We should note, though, that they tried to fix his behavior by putting him on a vegetarian diet. It didn't work. Did it, it? it didn't work. Just get the damn thing a beer, man. It'll calm down. I think so. But what's funny is I've got a coworker, a former coworker of mine who's at a different plant up north now. But he came into work one day back when he was still with us, and he had a bite mark on his ear. <laughs> and I knew that his mother had a monkey. And apparently his three-year-old daughter spent the day with his with his mom. And the, the monkey was very protective of the three-year-old daughter. And she started crying for whatever reason. I think the dog did something to her, so she started crying. So he showed up to pick his kid up. She was crying. The monkey thought that he was doing something to the girl. Oh, my God. And jumped on the, his shoulder and bit his ear. Oh, my God. <laughs> And this dude, he's a great guy. Like, Imagine what you got to tell work. Yeah, you know, I can't come in today. A monkey jumped on my well, back and bit my ear. Well, he came in, and he was wearing this goofy, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Steelers fan, so he had this goofy goofy beanie on, and he never wears a beanie to work. Mm-hmm. he's like, man, I had the worst fucking day, man. <laughs> no shit. You know, I had all this bullshit going on. I go home, and the fucking, I go to my mom's house, and the fucking monkey bit me. <laughs> and I was the only person that knew that his mom had a monkey, which is an, it's an illegal pet as it is. Right. And I just start bawling and then i was just like hey he got bit by a monkey guys and he was kind of like the kind of like the butt of the joke for the group yeah and everybody was laughing their ass i off. can't believe he went to work i would have fucking called off Are well we were me? it was back when we were on the on the one to nine shift so okay. there wasn't as much of an excuse back then right but he got bit by the fucking monkey and you could just see the bite marks in his ears his ears all swollen up <laughs> it was hilarious anyways that i'm sorry funny. what do you got today newswise newswise so this is from the hollywood reporter okay and i think you will appreciate this the highly anticipated fantasy series will cost far more than the previous recorded breaking estimates this will be the largest television series ever this is amazon studios the lord of the rings television show will cost all the gold in the lonely mountain the hollywood reporter has confirmed that amazon will spend roughly 650 million dollars in new zealand dollars so that's it says uh, 465 million us dollars for wow. just the first the first season of the show that's a ton of money. That's insane. Far above previous reported estimates that pegged the fantasy drama at costing uh, record-breaking $500 million for multiple ep- seasons of the show. I've heard about the show coming out. But I have too, but I didn't think it... I didn't realize that... I didn't know how close they were in production or anything. Right. I thought it was just kind of like a pipe dream. Now, just for a comparison, HBO's Game of Thrones costs roughly $100 million to produce per season. Each season costs $100 million. And that's probably averaged out. Right. Per episode cost starting at around $6 million for season one and eventually rising to around $15 million per episode in season eight. But they couldn't edit out the Starbucks cup sitting on the table during one of the scenes. <laughs> right. All that money and they couldn't even do that. <laughs> so this, this show better be damn good. I'm excited for this. Me too. I like The Lord of the Rings. I haven't read all the books. I read the first book. I've, re- I've started the second. I don't They're know if kind of hard to read. Have you read the books? Um, I listened. I listened to about five hours of the first book. Okay, the first book was good. Like it's cool. It's just you need you need to have a little bit of patience to read it. He's he's over detailed, man. Yeah, it's it's intense. I swear there was like an entire chapter about a horse in that first book. Yeah, yeah, like the whole chapter.
chapter. Yeah. <laughs> now, the thing with The Lord of the Rings that fascinated me is when those movies came out, there was a dude, the nerd named David something, who was a Tolkien linguist, who had, up until the point where the movies came out, spent his entire life just studying everything that Tol- Tolkien ever written, ever wrote, ever wrote. Everything that, he, he was studying everything that Tolkien ever wrote. That's, That's how he spent his life. And eventually they decided to make these movies, and they needed somebody to be the linguist for the movies. Mm-hmm. And he'd been, he'd just been a nerd who'd been doing all this shit. And he found his job, his calling. And he wrote all the the different languages for the movie and all the other shit. Wow. And it's like all his nerdy research throughout his entire life paid off. Paid off. And he's probably, he's, I can guarantee you he's involved in this. Probably. Amazon showing some, de- it's at some level. And if he's, he's not, he's, he's probably getting paid too. If he's not running the entire thing or if he's not a high level <laughs> producer at this point. Right. And the books are great. Like that's, that. it's a really cool fantasy as far as I'm concerned. Me too. It's one of my favorites. So. If not my favorite. The number, the amount of money that they're spending on this, it better be damn good. For one season. 480 million. That's an insane number considering the comparison <laughs> to Game of Thrones, which is huge that right. we have that because those books i mean those books are crazy good those game of thrones books are crazy good so to produce a show around it like the show was pretty good it kind of tailed off towards the end but the show itself was pretty good yeah it tells you how much confidence amazon has in that franchise it's kidding me it's a gamble but i think i'm hoping it works out i'm gonna watch it just think of all the big names out there you know harry potter yeah uh star wars yeah uh, Indiana Jones, all of them. I mean, they're, this is insane how much money they're spending on this. But there also is, there's a lot of source material. There, there is, is a that lot. Is very like, true. I've got eight Tolkien books at home, and I don't even have his entire Lord of the Rings right. works. So That's true. There, there's, there's stuff to be done. There's a lot of stuff to be done. Now, they got to be very good. They should probably have me involved in the project in some degree. Probably. But anyways, that's a good news story. That's pretty cool. I'm going to get into my second one. Sure. Now, you said you have a second one as well? Mm-hmm. We're going to see if we have the same story. Okay. So we got a new report from the Pentagon. Nope. I did see this, though. I was, I'm like, I bet Pat has this. Yeah, okay. I already called it. <laughs> so a new report from the Pentagon confirms that the recently released, recently leaked UFO footage does indeed depict unidentified aerial phenomena. Mm-hmm. The triangle one? Yep. Right? Yep. Obviously, on the show, we've been discussing UFOs quite a bit. Yes. So this this shouldn't be something new to our listeners, and this is just the latest in a series of UFO dis- discussions that we've had. The problem with this one is, you know who was the guy that leaked the footage, who, who basically got the footage? Who was that? Jeremy Corbell. Do you remember that name at all? Do you remember our Bob Lazar recording that we did yeah. a couple of years ago? Yeah. So to fill you guys in real quick, me and Ben have been working on podcasts since 2019 at this point. <laughs> And we did a recording back when we had no idea what the fuck we were doing about Bob Lazar, who was a UFO. Which we will post one of these we days. Will, we will post this, but Bob Lazar was a, he's an alleged UFO leaker or a whistleblower. Yes. And we used a documentary called Bob Lazar something or another, which was directed by this Jeremy Corbell guy. And in that, in our recording, Ben brought up Jeremy Corbell and I was just like, Jeremy Corbell is a douchebag. I remember. You that. remember that? Yes, I remember. So this that. Jeremy Corbell guy, he's a he's a documentary guy. He he claims he's an investigative reporter, but he's mostly an investigative douchebag. Is basically what he is. But he was the one that got access to this footage, and the Pentagon has come out and said that what he got access to was legitimate. So now he's going on. Oh, the, he's the one that had the show, right? He had a show. Did he, he was the director of that that Bob Lazar Netflix thing. 
Oh, I'm thinking. Never mind. Do you know the gray-haired guy with the tats and you? Yes, I, you, Yeah, I saw that. He said bro a lot. Yeah, I remember now. I'm sorry. I, I was thinking. I was thinking of the original. Never mind. Go Don't ahead. worry about it. I'm sorry. Anyways, so Jeremy Corbell, he's been in our radar for a couple of years. He was the guy that broke the story. The Pentagon came out and confirmed, yep, it's real, or we don't know what it is, basically, is what the Pentagon came out and said. So he's been on all the major media networks the last couple of days doing interviews about it, and it's just funny that he's the guy that right. ended up breaking the story, because he's been on our radar for a couple of years now. So, so this is credible. Maybe the shit about Bob Lazar is credible. Maybe, but Jeremy Corbell's an idiot. Like, yeah. he, there are some of his interviews where he's talking about some of this shit, and they, they talk him in a circle, and he does exactly what everybody tells him, or kind of points him to. Yeah. And then he looks like a moron. He's kind of douchey. Now, he cares about his shit, but he's he is the UFO community's equivalent of Zach Baggins. Zach, the ghost ba- of, Zach Baggins on Ghost of, Adventures. Of the Ghost Adventures guy. Dude, he is literally, I used to love that show. He is the, the UFO community's equivalent of Zach Baggins. <laughs> now, we call him Douche Baggins in my family. <laughs> But that's what he is. That's now so he believes funny. this shit. He believes it's true, and at least he creates content. Right. But at the same time, if you watch his documentaries closely, they're just still is, <laughs> is that thing. is that still on Netflix? I, if it's not, it's on Hulu, and if it's not there, it's on Amazon Prime for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna check I'm gonna check those. I, I might want to watch that again because I I watched it again within the last couple of months. Yeah, I gotta watch and that again. It's, it's kind of painful. It's been a long time because he presents himself as such a turd. <laughs> like I'd rather have like a nerdy dude with an unkept haircut that's actually doing this shit instead of him being like, bro, man, this is intense. This is real. This is real. That's what he's like. Some people are into that shit, though. They're man. into it, but at the same time, Overboard. he doesn't He doesn't help himself. <laughs> Anyways, that's my news story. We have another that's Pentagon crazy. Pentagon confirming that the Navy shot UFO footage that they don't know what it's about. I mean, I don't, I don't, that's, that's evidence to me. I think disclosure's coming. I think they're getting ready to do it. They should. It's. I think it's time. At this point. I think we can handle it. So that's my second news story. I'll let you get into your next one. Sure. Animal rescuers find reported iguana in a tree was a croissant <laughs> you know I saw this one so many times this week scrolled right by and I'm like what the fuck is this dude it's actually this is actually really funny alright okay so animal rescuers in Poland said they were called out to help a suspected iguana spotted in a tree outside of a residential building and arrived to find the mystery animal was actually a discarded croissant. The Krakow Society or for the Protection of Animals, or KTOZ, said in a Facebook post that a woman recently called the organization to report a mystery creature that she suspected to be an iguana was lurking in the tree outside of a building. People aren't opening their windows because they're afraid it will go into their house, KTOZ. Quoted the women they were saying. <laughs> so the group's animal welfare officers responded to the scene and searched the area for the mystery animal, suspecting it might be a pet that had escaped or been abandoned by its owner. The officer said they were surprised to find the creature that sparked the call wasn't a creature at all. It was a croissant roll. Animal rescue group said the caller did the right thing by reporting the suspected animal in distress. <laughs> <laughs> it's better to check <laughs> and be pleasantly disappointed sometimes unfortunately very rarely laugh than not react which can sometimes lead to tragedy the group said uh, that's the end of it and this croissant looks huge this is the biggest croissant i've ever seen in my life like this is hilarious you're gonna have to send me to that 
And we're gonna have to get like, that. Look on at the Twitter. size of this thing. You know, I would say it's a monkey before iguana. Yeah, like an iguana. That doesn't that doesn't look anything like an iguana. I could I would be startled by that. Yeah, that'd freak me out. I'd be yeah. like, it, honestly, from here it looks like some type of nest. But I'm not gonna land on iguana. That's like no. the first thing I'm gonna say. Yeah. And what's funny, I almost brought this up on our cryptozoology episode. My one uncle hates cryptozoology with a passion, and he has a story where he claims that everybody actually it's it's all misidentification is what it is. And his big story is that down in Columbus or something, they where there's a report of a hippo in a river. It ended up just being a really fat pig, <laughs> and that that's his evidence towards the fact that cryptozoology <laughs> is always misidentification. Because well, this was a sheriff down there who thought it was a hippo in the bad lighting, and ended up just being a really fat pig. So therefore, every every sighting that's ever been seen is misidentification. Now that being an iguana, I have a problem with because where 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 we even start. Like, how the hell? Yeah, that looks... It didn't even have the shape of an iguana. I would give you, like, a monkey, like a macaque or whatever the fuck they're called. Right. I'd say that's a macaque over that's... What what I don't understand, right? So this is outside the building... And people saw it outside their windows, okay? Yes. And it looks like it's right up next to the building in the picture. Somebody just didn't look out their window and see, wow, that's a piece of bread. That's that's a croissant. It's a pretty big croissant. Yeah, but it's like, that's not an iguana. Like, know. are you kidding me? I don't know. They had to call the government in? The Like, they had to call the protection agency to come in? I don't know. Like, are you kidding me? It, it's intense. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know what to say about that. Anyways, I got one more news story for you. Go ahead. And we've covered this topic several times on the show as, as well. Mm-hmm. The Washington football team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to come up with a new name for the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. This week, they sent out a survey to fans with a bunch of options as to what the, name, what the new team might be called. Mm-hmm. Because apparently... They're not set on the Washington football team. Do you want to hear some of the options that are available? Let's hear it. Because I've got a list. My sources are able to get me a list, and my source is totalprosports.com. Okay. They're very generous. They're able to provide me with a list. Are you ready? Let's do it. Aces, Ambassadors, the Washington Ambassadors. Okay. The Anchors, the Washington Anchors. Okay, I, I get that. The Archers. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, here we go. The Washington Armada. Maybe. Washington's not really a port city, though. It's not. That's the problem. They're, they're doing that because of Annapolis. But it's Washington isn't a port city. It's I, Washington. I, I know, but you know what I mean. Okay, the Washington Aviators. What about the Beacons? The Washington Beacons? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. The Belters. No. The brigade, the Washington Brigade, better. We're we're that's, we're, that's we're probably the best one so far. Okay, the Washington Commanders. It's too generic. The Washington Defenders, way too generic. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this one's not generic at all. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. I hope I can say it. <laughs> the Demon Cats. <laughs> The Washington Demon Cats. (laughs) Two words. Demon Cats. The Washington Demon Cats. Okay, who... Who came up with that? This was on the list. Jesus. Dan Slander probably stand, signed off on all of this. <laughs> okay, here we go. First City Football Club, or FCFC. First City Football Club? Yes. So they're going to go from the Washington football team... To First City <laughs> Football Club. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Okay. No, this one, this one I think is funny. The Washington Griffins. <laughs> Might as well call him Gryffindor at that point. Well, I think I think that's funny. It's hilarious. Who was their quarterback? Not terribly long ago. Robert Griffin. <laughs> Robert Griffin. 
<laughs> on why I find that so funny, but the the Washington Griffins, and there's probably a lot of people that walk around with that that Griffin number ten jersey. Yeah, I can guarantee you because everybody thought he was gonna be the the next big thing. Very well, could have thought he would have been best known as a backup quarterback for the Ravens. But right, anyways. <laughs> I don't know if I can get through this list. The Washington Icons. Oh, my God. Icons. Dude. That's probably the worst one so far. Yeah. Okay, the Washington Majors. Yeah. What about the Monarchs? No. What about Pilots? No. Presidents. The Washington Presidents. (laughs) (laughs) No. Absolutely not. Okay, I've got five good ones coming up. Okay. The Washington Razorbacks. It doesn't fit, but it's better. Better Washington Red Tails, which I think that's honestly a contender. The the Red Tails are my that's my favorite one that's, that I've heard. But I thought I thought that that was bought out. It might be, but they're they're gonna figure out a way to get it. I think that's honestly a contender. I think this one's a contender as well. The Red Wolves, mm-hmm. that's gonna be a contender. The Red Hogs, no, no. What the Renegades? That's not bad. What about the Riders? No. Okay, the Washington Rising. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Could you imagine Is that? Floyd well, May- Mayweather writing this? I don't know. Okay, the Washington Royals. That doesn't make any sense at all. Half of these don't make sense. Wash- <laughs> Washington Rubies. That was the name of my truck, Ruby. Remember Ruby? So you're saying it's a good one? No. Okay, uh, we've talked about a certain country singer slash pop singer. How about the Washington Swifts? Oh After God. Taylor Swift? You're kidding me. Okay, Washington Warriors. Washington DC Football Club, <laughs> Washington Capital City Football Club. What the Washington Capitals? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Washington Wayfarers. <laughs> Washington Wayfarers. Okay, now we got my favorite one. Washington Wild Hogs. <laughs> and then the list. Tim Allen came up with that one. The list rounds out with Washington thirty-two FC, thirty-two FC. I don't. What does that even what mean? What that even means. And then, obviously, the Washington football team just sticking as it is. Honestly, the the top two there are the Washington Red Tails and the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, are we ready to get into our main topic? Sure. What do we, we got? Went, what do we, we got today, We've been in the studio Pat? for 40 minutes. We haven't <laughs> even hit the main topic yet. So, we're going to be talking, and this is this is Ben's topic, but we're going to be talking about serial killers. <laughs> Apparently, this is my topic. It is. It is. Ben picked this topic. I, I picked it. Ben picked this topic, so this is going to be a so, Ben. So this, this makes it, so when we pick the topics, it makes it our topic. Yes. Okay. I don't even know though, if I'm ready for this. Even though I completely dominated the white collar crime episode. You definitely dominated the white collar crime episode. So we're going to be talking about serial killers. Now, the problem with serial killers is it's so, it's such an over, it's an oversaturated topic at this point, as far as I'm concerned. It is. There's so many podcasts about serial killers. There's so much different shit. So we're going to try to do a different angle on serial killers. I will say, though, that the last podcast on the left is the source for serial killer discussions. They are. The two guys I'm going to talk about are covered in detail on that show. Mm-hmm. That's where I kind of found out about these two guys in the first place. So if you're interested in the people that we're going to talk about, go there and listen to their show. We're going to give them full credit because they, they've kind of put, I think in far, as far as I'm concerned, they've put the topic on the map mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they have a lot of good serial killer episodes. And these days, if you go on Netflix or Hulu, you're going to see so much serial killer 
shit. Right. So we're not doing anything new. We're just talking about some different guys that we find interesting and trying to get the conversation kind of, we're just kind of putting people in the direction of where we think, right. where we think interesting stuff exists. So without further ado, Ben, are you ready to get into this topic? Yeah, I, I try to find a couple guys that were just a little odd, that did odd things, you know? Sure. More in the reason of why they did it. So have you heard of Edward Joseph Leonsky? You know, I can't say that I have. So, okay, real quick. Serial killer. Is that, what do you think? More than one murder? Are you considered a serial killer? The funny <laughs> the funny thing is, is I've got one guy who's got a bunch. I've got one guy who only has one, but wanted to be a serial killer. <laughs> so, we're going to kind of float the line. A serial, by definition, is more than one. Okay. So. Okay. Because this guy did, he, he, he killed three. Okay. That counts. So, I just wanted to make sure, you know, that yeah. it was... Like, because some of the shows you watch, you know, they'll be like 10, 17, you know, 20, 15. Some of them are insane. They're insane. Yeah. You know, you don't see a lot with just like two, three. You you don't hear about them. More than one kill is the definition. So. Just wanted to make sure we're on the right page. So, May of 1942, three were found in uh, Melbourne, Australia. They were dumped on the streets, and they were strangled, bruised, clothing all tore up, disheveled, yada, 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 that type of shit. Three what? Women. So, this guy was a uh, an army GI, okay? And uh, a sentry from the, uh, the army base, he recalled one of the nights, this Edward guy coming in back to the base. He was really agitated, and he had this yellow mud all over him. And the investigators said that the victims had the same mud on them okay now this guy he had a very engaging smile but he had a very short temper like the smallest things would would tick this guy off sure and he would like he would describe himself as jekyll and hyde Stu was so he described himself as jack yeah and hyde? he would tell people that now that's a warning sign if you ever yeah found one yeah now oddly enough now the reason i kind of picked this guy was the reason he chose to kill these women okay he didn't he didn't pick these women on looks right Sure. Or on age or anything like that. He picked them because of the sound of their voice. Interesting. And because he was he missed his mother dearly, apparently. And these women reminded him of her. And one of the women actually sang for him and this enraged him. And he ended up murdering him, her, murdering her, and he strangled her to try and take her voice from her when he was doing this shit. I don't know where to start. See, I've never heard anything like this on any of my serial killer shit. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, what is the psychology, the thought process behind, behind this? Apparently, and so, I, I guess this guy's family has a history of insanity. So he missed his mother, killed people that I'm assuming sounded like apparently his mother. Yeah. I don't know where to start. I don't even know, man. He admitted to the killings and he was hung. Back in those days, you were hung. How old, How long ago was this again? Uh, 1942. Okay, yeah. Australia, I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's like the extreme version of the Wild West as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty disturbing, man. Yeah, off of voice. Yeah, and that and that's odd because the majority of the serial killers you see, they're they're looking at good looking women, or know? they're or they're, younger women. There's something, or John Wayne Gacy, who is in the Boys. Yeah, and Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer, who's in? Well, he was in the Boys too. Yeah, he was in. The, yeah, but he was eating them. That shit. Is so now crazy. Ted Bundy was into the girls. Ted Bundy was into the girls. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're not doing anybody like that. I had a whole thing with Ted Bundy that I was talking about. I think that he was manufactured. It's possible. Like I think that his whole 
thing was manufactured because there are two brothers. One of them is McGeorge Bundy, who are behind the whole Vietnam War thing. And I think that if investigative journalism got far enough, it would have really made those guys look really bad because of what they did. They they basically triggered the entire Vietnam War. And obviously that was, that was a big point even back then. That was a huge controversial war that happened. Right. And they were behind it all. And they could have been made to look terribly, but they're forgotten about by history. Hmm. Most people don't know about McGeorge Bundy or these right. or his brother. And I think part of their plan was they're going to get this other Bundy out there who may or may not have been connected to them. We don't really know. Get him out there killing people. That way when people hear the term Bundy, they're going to think about Ted Bundy. And, and not we, them. And if, and if they're not going to think about Ted Bundy, they're going to think about Al Bundy on Married with Children. Ever ah. see that show? Ever see that show? <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure that's cultural programming right there. <laughs> to get to get the attention off of those guys and onto you never know it's Ted possible. Bundy or it's possible. Al Bundy. Anyways, my first serial killer. Are you ready? Let's do it. Robert Picton. Have you heard of this guy? Nope. Anyways, Robert Picton is Canadian. Both these guys are Canadian, so we're dealing with Canadian law on this episode. Uh, AKA the Pig Farm Killer. So Robert Picton was born in 1949, and he's still alive right now. No shit. Between the years of 1983 and 2002, what he was doing was he lived outside of Vancouver, Canada, which is in British columbia and his whole thing was he was luring prostitutes to his farm and killing them and then feeding them to the pigs oh my God. because he had a, he owned a pig farm right and most serial killers are usually people that are kind of like on the end of the ropes they don't have a lot of economic stability mm-hmm. this guy was reasonably wealthy he had a reasonable amount of financial income and he owned this pig farm and his whole thing was bringing these hookers back to his farm <laughs> And killing him. He was only convicted for six murders, but he was tried for an additional 20 and admitted to a total of 49. 49? 49 between 1983 and 2002. Jesus, God almighty. Now, this guy, Robert Picton, is a character because him and his brother, and I don't think his brother was involved in the killings, but his brother co-owned the farm or at least had a stake in the the pig farm. Yeah. And in 1996, they formed a non-profit company called Piggy Palace Good time society which they basically branded as an event hall that they were going to host events like dances and benefits and whatever for other non-profit entities so they had this event hall and they've had it they had it since the 90s but what they were really doing is they were doing raves and parties with drugs and booze and, and they they had like some like hardcore parties out there mm-hmm. and it was big and it was popular because hey the hookers are going to be there type of a thing and they were able to get hookers out to this farm regularly now he was he was picking and choosing who he was going to kill and he killed 49 of them but like they had like 2,000 people at some of these parties and it was it was advertised as a converted butchery or a butcher slaughterhouse or whatever the fuck and what he was doing was he would kill somebody grind them up in a wood chipper basically and then feed them to the pigs mm. so when it came to analyzing forensic evidence they didn't have a whole Lot right because most of it was literally eaten by the pigs <laughs> in 1997 he got caught he tried to kill somebody and the girl got away and she pressed charges against him like hey this motherfucker tried to kill me in this fucking pig slaughtering house he was brought to court at that point and they they pressed charges against him and the case got dropped through to some technicality basically because it's a canadian law that we're dealing with Right. He was allowed to operate for five years after that. And he kept he, he kept saying, he kept getting in trouble, basically, eventually in 2002. Because, well, number one, he was doing all this legal shit at this barn. And the Canadian government knew that he wasn't doing this shit. So they revoked his nonprofit license because he was operating all this under a nonprofit oh my God. entity. With the, and he had to register with the Canadian government, the Piggy Palace Good Time Society. 
Uh-huh. Eventually, that became a, a point of scrutiny, and then he got brought up on firearms charges, and they, they, they were able to execute a search warrant, and by that point, so many hookers had gone missing in Vancouver that, like, there were, there were grassroots groups that were trying to, to basically protect the hookers, basically. Right. So they had names of people that had gone missing, so they were, there was there was groups out there that were pushing for investigation. Yeah. An unrelated search incident at Robert Picton's plant, uh, at his uh, farm, was executed, and they found evidence evidence that the girls were there they found some of their belongings and whatnot and that's what created the snowball to him getting arrested uh, and convicted for the entire thing i can't believe that the that original case got dropped that's crazy i didn't really understand why the hell that got dropped what did what did he do did he like stab her shoot her like, stabbed what? her several times how many much more evidence do you need i don't know <laughs> i think he probably played it off as there was a fight because they were at a party at the end of the day they were at an illegal party at the end of the day is what he and he was good he was able to convince everybody that it was just a party is what it was and, and that's how he got the hookers in his car in the first place was hey we're gonna go to this party there were good parties and people knew about the parties ah which helped and him. they probably were they might have not wanted to believe a, a hooker yeah know, and that word anyways that's part un- of the unfortunately whole thing. so it's ridiculous like he claims 49 and he said he was shooting for an even 50 but he couldn't get that far jesus and he's still alive so that's robert picked in like what i feel like something at an early age like might trigger this type of thing. Then Something. It, then it manifests when you become a adult. I didn't get into his early ages, but it was it was a perfect storm of he had access to this whole farm. He didn't have to worry about money because he was making money off the farm. Mm-hmm. The pigs gave him a perfect perfect method of disposal. And a lot of these cases got dismissed because, or they, he couldn't get convicted on them because at the end of the day, there wasn't any evidence. The pigs ate it up. Right. So that's Robert Picton. A lot, not a lot of people have heard about him. Yeah, I've never, I'm, I, have, I have never heard about probably that. Probably because he's Canadian. So. Right. Anyways, you got your second one in? Yeah. So, Melvin Reese Jr. Heard of this one? I feel like I've heard the name, but I don't know for sure. So, we're talking uh, Maryland and Virginia, uh, 1950s. Okay. He was a, He was a jazz musician, and uh, the reason that he wanted to murder was for existential experience. Which, to be fair, that's a reason that a lot of people are going to cite. Yes. He was... So, the police got an anonymous letter about this guy who's probably murdering all these, and they, they, they think that it was this guy's roommate at okay. one. Okay. And he was convicted of nine murders. We're not going to get into all the details of the murders. Sure. I'll, I'm, I'm going to, there's some shit that he was doing that's kind of interesting during the trial. But he received the death penalty, stood before a judge. So this, this guy, it, it's kind of hard to, to decide whether he was off his rocker or he was just playing and doing all this shit on purpose. And we're going to run into that a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you run into that quite a bit. So, in 1966, he uh, he quit doing his appeals from the death penalty and all that shit. And uh, uh, he stood before a judge in 1966. He had he was barefoot. He had a ridiculous, unkempt beard. Kind of like mine. Yes. And uh, clothes were all disheveled and everything. And he tried to remove his clothing, like, the entire time during the hearing. Was he handcuffed or anything? I'm sure he was, but he was still trying to take his clothes off apparently. He's playing the part of insanity. Yeah, I think he what does. I think. And he gets pretty deep into it. So while he was in prison, he was reading a book called The Brothers Karamazov. Yes, by uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. Yes. I want to get this book. Yeah, and he identified with one of the characters called Alyosha. Okay, yep. Right, and the book has a, a similar like philosophical justification for murder that this guy has. This author justifies a lot, and he fucks yeah. with a lot of people's heads even today. Yeah. Anyways, he 
he starts having like these revelations that he has been seeing God and he even describes after murdering one of the people that he does like these weird like ritual things after he kills someone he like looks up into the sky and like yells and, and he's like take me now and it, it gives and nothing happens and he just feels like he has all this power and I guess when he was in prison he kept this journal talking about his infatuation with power and he called himself the sex beast and all this crazy shit yeah this, I don't know man this, this guy kind of sounds insane <laughs> I don't know man that's what I was saying I'm just I'm imagining the scene in Joker where he's dancing in the bathroom after yeah. he kills the guys yeah man so and the um, the revelations about God and everything that obviously did not really help him out in court the the, <laughs> the jury did not did not really uh, take that sure and during an interview in the 1960s he admitted to seven murders but they think that he did nine okay he the death sentence was changed to life in prison in 1972 and then he died in uh, prison in 1995 due to heart failure so he was never sentenced to death and I don't know I kind of feel like he kind of got off <laughs> yeah I mean it depends on your opinion at least he didn't get released but it's interesting how he he almost kind of like it's not really relatable but you know how when Tupac was in prison he read Machiavelli and all that and then supposedly came up with faking his own death and yada 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 this guy kind of did something similar he's reading this book and he came connected with this character and somehow he wanted to make himself look insane yeah trying to act out this character Dostoyevsky is one of those authors that I need to read because he's got a lot of books out there I've got one of his books and apparently it affects people like it fucks with people's heads Seriously? Yeah. And Man, I'm obviously, scared to read it. I've heard <laughs> he wrote The Brothers Karamazov, which is the book that you mentioned. He also wrote Crime and Punishment, which apparently fucks with people's heads. I got that at home. I started it. I, I didn't get into it, but mm-hmm. I got it. And he wrote a couple other ones. Oh, uh, the shit. Idiot, the Idiot is another one I got. Huh. That apparently is an allegory to Jesus or something like that. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. But now but, I didn't. Yeah. Now that you're uh, saying all that, I may have to check this author out. It's interesting. You can get his entire works at Barnes & Noble for not that much. So. No shit. Anyways, that's interesting. It's really interesting. It's always interesting to see the books that people get compelled with. Right. Like, the guy that killed Lenin was a Catcher in the Rye fan. Mm-hmm. And he had that book on him when he killed Lenin or something like that. And there's there's a couple other books that just people get attached to, like, severely. Right. I, I haven't really ever been that attached to a book before, but the psychology makes sense to an extent. Right. Anyways, we're going to get into some psychology that doesn't make any sense at all sure my last guy is not a serial killer <laughs> although he really 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 wanted to be one. Boy, oh boy I wonder this, what stopped him this is mark twitchell have you ever heard this name before nope i have probably brought him up to you i know i brought him up to josh and tim and josh and tim probably twitchell. have heard about this guy before he's only 41 years old he's still alive he's born in 1979 in canada uh around edmonton mm-hmm. mark twitchell if you google him is going to come up as a canadian filmmaker now, it's technically accurate, but his films are all independent films. His biggest one has never been released because it's still technically in post-production. It's called Star Wars Secrets of the Rebellion. He, he made a fan-made film about Star Wars yeah. called Secrets of the Rebellion. He spent like $35,000 creating this movie. Uh-huh. He even got the original actor of Boba Fett to do a cameo in the movie. Are you serious? <laughs> you know what? I think I do remember you bringing this guy up. This guy is insane. So he's he's just basically he's an example of when parents don't spank their kids. I think is 
where this guy comes from. Mm-hmm. He's a Star Wars nerd slash cosplayer, basically. But he, he doesn't have any creative intellect himself. All he can do is recreate what other people have done. So he was a cosplayer, and people would say that he's a very good cosplayer. But he would only ever do the biggest the biggest things. Like, he would do Darth Maul. He did Darth Maul really good, but he could only ever copy what somebody else did. Right. He was obsessed with the prequels of Star Wars to the point where... <sighs> To the point where he believed that Anakin Skywalker's story was the real story that George Lucas was trying to tell the entire time. Oh, my God. And he God. would get back. This was back in the early 2000s where the internet forums were becoming a thing where you could actually, like, have discussions around the world about a topic. Mm-hmm. And he would get on there and he'd fight about people when they'd criticize the prequels. He'd be like, oh, this, this is the greatest shit of all time. Anakin, Anakin is God. This is the greatest thing of all time. All this shit. The problem with Mark Twitchell is he believed that he was called to be a filmmaker, but he didn't have any talent. Now, he thought he did. He thinks he still does. He calls it his inner creative genius, or ICG. Hmm. And the guys on the last podcast on the left do a very excellent breakdown of this guy. I can't do justice to what they talk about with this guy, but he was a complete clown. He would go to these conventions, and he'd dress up really good, but there's nothing behind what he would do. Now, eventually, over Mark Twitchell, career the movie making didn't it didn't really pan out because you can't make a fan film and make money off of you, you cannot make a fan film and make money off of it right these are all trademarked characters so he created the film out of love of star wars but he couldn't do anything with it and he shot he shot a couple other movies that didn't do well either <laughs> eventually he found the tv show called dexter have you heard of that yeah it's great i've never seen it you should it's good it sounds pretty good it's about the cop who goes off and kills people basically yeah he's like a that. he's a uh, blood spatter analysis analyst okay and he he is a serial serial killer but he kills murderers sure he he kills bad people now with mark twitchell he found inspiration through dexter because dexter became one of his favorite tv shows yeah now mark twitchell didn't have any qualifications to do anything like dexter does but he decided he was gonna be a killer nonetheless and to be fair, Mark Twitchell was as much of a nerdy, douchey, toolbag loser as he was. He was able to kind of, like, get along with people to an extent. Mm-hmm. And he even got married at one point. Like, he had, like, an ex-wife and whatever, no which shit. is weird because usually these guys can't. Kids? They can't get laid. He didn't have any kids, which is where we need to be thankful for. Thank you. Yes. But he decided eventually that his avenue towards killing people was he was going to create a kill room in a garage that he was renting in, in Canada somewhere. I think it was outside of Edmonton, mm-hmm. but I don't know that for sure. His idea, and this was back in 2008, have you ever heard of Plenty of Fish, which is like a dating app? Yes. It was a website back then. His idea was to create a fake profile and lure whatever loser guys he could have to this kill room and then just kill them. Hmm. Because Dexter inspired him to be a serial killer, and he realized that this was his calling. His inner creative genius was actually going to be directed towards killing people because hmm. the movie making just it wasn't happening. Right. So the first guy he met on Plenty of Fish, he was faking being a chick, showed up to the garage, and he beat the guy with like a with like a pipe or something, and fought with the guy for a while. The guy ended up escaping. <laughs> it's not working now, out too good, is it? The guy. <laughs> The guy decided that he wasn't going to press, he wasn't going to tell the police about it. Are you kidding me? Because he was too embarrassed over the fact that he met a fake girl on Plenty of Fish and decided that he wasn't going (laughs) to... He wasn't going to report that because he didn't want to be embarrassed by that. The second guy who he did get was named Johnny Atlinger. 
And Johnny Atlinger was in his 30s. He was a just a, a tradesman, basically. Hadn't been doing well with the ladies. So, you know, this hot chick pops up on Plenty of Fish. It's not weird that she lives in a garage. <laughs> I'm going to go meet her. And he told his friends, he said, hey, I found this hot chick. On, uh, I'm finally back in the game, guys, basically, is what he was like. Right. It was Mark Twitchell the entire time. <laughs> and the poor guy showed up, and they, he Mark Twitchell beat the shit out of him and killed him eventually with a knife. Now, Twitchell Jesus. had some problems because he had this whole killer room set up he figured it was gonna be exactly like on dexter where you dismember the body and you get rid of it with the saran wrap and there's no there's not much evidence right twitch doesn't understand how much work it is to actually do that yeah so he resorted to trying to flush the guy down the drain basically and it didn't really pan out now this johnny atlinger guy had friends who cared about him and were kind of nervous about the fact that hey he kind of he's been missing for a few days twitchell was into this guy's email and was sending his friends back emails about how he went to costa rica on vacation with a girl and all stuff oh my gosh uh police were on to twitchell immediately because supposedly twitchell created a story where atlinger sold him a car for 40 canadian dollars <laughs> or uh. he sold a car to the guy something or another and the police were like this doesn't make any sense so they started pressing twitchell a little bit yeah and eventually twitchell was not on top of any of this shit obviously and they found the whole kill room and everything and oh my gosh. and then they found the 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 nail in the coffin for twitchell was on his computer because they were able to get access to his computer he had a document typed out sk confessions or serial killer confessions where he detailed every aspect of everything he's ever tried to do in terms of him becoming a serial killer because this was his plan he wanted to be a serial killer he decided that he was dexter basically this is what he was called to do and he decided to, to write down every aspect of his entire plan so wow he pretty much incriminated himself and he talked about the guy that got away <laughs> and he just called him he referred to them as the one that got away basically and now twitch in prison in Canada. 25 years to life. Hopefully he doesn't get out. Yeah, he He's shouldn't. only 41 years old right now. Complete <sighs> maniac. Probably the worst filmmaker that's ever existed. Yeah. But how do you... But he's not a serial killer. How do, so. how do you get to that point? I don't know what you the just, hell happened. You just, you just, you know what? I'm gonna do that. It's an example. I'm gonna do that. It's an example of every single thing in this guy's entire life going wrong. And on the last podcast on the left, they compared him to Elliot Roger. I don't know if you remember that guy, the San Bernardino shooter who went on went on the mass uh, killing in San Bernardino. This would have been 10, 12 years ago by now. Okay. He was a kid who just didn't do didn't do well with girls and wrote this hundred page or two hundred page long manifesto and sent it to all these people and then went on this whole shooting. They compare him to this guy in terms of just being a complete loser who never had a chance to begin with, basically. Yeah, it's like they just... <clears throat> I don't man, know. It's like they just go to the extreme and they just don't get what they want. I don't know about this guy. It's it's so... It, it's it's almost comical how funny it is with this whole Star Wars obsession and the whole Anakin Skywalker obsession. Right. But it gets, it gets fucked up really quickly. Anyways, Crazy. that's Mark Twitchell. Last podcast that's in the an left. interesting Does one. an excellent series on him. So if you guys are interested in that guy please check it out it's a two-part series very good very interesting very funny if you're into that type of shit anyways another really good episode on last podcast on the left is the bonnie and clyde yep that shit is hilarious i remember the first time i told you about that and this was a couple years ago i told you about that and you're like dude this bonnie and clyde shit is funny as fuck (laughs) and then i listened to him like yep it's hilarious so funny anyways that's serial killers that's our episode on serial killers it went well. It went reasonably well, I'd say. It went pretty good. Anyways, on that note, we're about ready to wrap this one up for tonight. Yeah, I'm ready. Are you yeah, ready? Yeah, we, we kind of we recorded a lot, but I think it was all good stuff. News stories were good. I think it all was good. I'd say so. I hope so. 
<laughs> We're going to find out. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Yep, please tweet us at 30 in the. we got to be sure to get the Twitter out. Tweet us at 30 in the if you've ever encountered a serial killer. Yes. Hopefully you never have. Hopefully not. Social media is coming out, guys. Get ready. We're going to get a marketing consultant here pretty soon. <laughs> Hopefully. So thank you very much, guys. Peace. Oh, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to run kind of my, my music idea by you. God. Okay. This is all going to be cut. but So I, I you're not really into hip-hop anymore, are you? No. I'm not, not, not really into rap anymore. I like, I like Post Malone and I like Cardi B. Jesus. There is no in between. There is no <laughs> if and or buts. Oh boy. But anyways. So, May of nineteen forty two, three were found in uh Melbourne, Australia. They were dumped on the streets and they were strangled, bruised, clothing all tore up, disheveled, yada yada yada, that type of shit. Three what? Women. You just said three. <laughs> oh did I I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> three were found. <laughs> three were found. It's been a long day. Understand. But um <laughs>